Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Now administer. The nothing personal word of the day is maladminister, which means to administer or manage badly or inefficiently. Hmm. Why would maladminister be the nothing personal word of the day for Tuesday, June 9th, 2020? What has been administered or managed badly or inefficiently? Hold on. Wait for it. I'm thinking. Are you thinking? Don't press pause. Don't press forward 10 seconds. You'll get it. Yes. The Major League Baseball negotiations. It has been a litany, a panoply of maladministered circumstances. A complete cluster. Big proposal yesterday sent. Response due on Wednesday the 10th. At the latest, baseball can implement a shorter season by playing whatever number of games it wants but by paying the full pro rata salary to the players, which means if you play 50 games, you get your daily paycheck times 50 that you would have made had you play 162 games. Is there any way I could have explained that any worse? If you're making $100,000 a game for 162 games and you only play 50 games, you get $100,000 for each of the 50 games. That's getting your pro rata salary. MLB doesn't want to do a pro rata salary. They want a pay cut. The players say no. The players have been a little testy. Sean Doolittle's made the show a few times. He's a pitcher for the uh, Washington Nationals. He's got a Twitter handle that I think is like Obi Ben Juan Kenobi Little Do Little Sean. And he went on Twitter. He's been pretty loud. I don't really understand what he's after. Trevor Bauer, I know what he's after. He's after publicity. He's all about Trevor. And if you're a good pitcher, you can be all about whoever you want. Sean Doolittle's a good pitcher. And he said something yesterday that I have to explain because if it doesn't get explained to you, I'm afraid that we'll all be in a position where we think that his word is the right word. He sent a bunch of tweets. You can do it in like a thread on Twitter. And that's one way people are now avoiding the 280 characters. You reply to your own tweet and then keep going. As long as you put a number with a slash next to it, you get to keep going. So one of, two of, three of. And basically, you can now write articles on Twitter. So he sent a tweet that said, It's frustrating to have a public labor dispute when there's so much hardship. I hate it. But we have an obligation to future players to do right by them. We want to play. We also have to make sure that future players won't be paying for any concessions we make. Union members in baseball and in all sports have used that as their sword for decades. We are protecting the rights of future generations of players. We want to do for future players what previous players did for us. 
I spent myriad hours in the clubhouse talking to players about this concept, about what it means to protect players' futures and how that manifests itself during a negotiation. Sean Doolittle doesn't realize that he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. The agreement on March 26th, that is the source of all of the agita between the players and the owners, that agreement, which talked about what the rights of the owners were and what the rights of the players were, little known fact that hasn't really been discussed, but the Major League Baseball amateur draft is tomorrow, June 10th. And amateur draft doesn't get much attention because it's players that nobody's heard of. We always try to give it more attention than it deserved because these players are not going to be in the big leagues anytime soon, though it may be different this year, actually, which we can talk about and probably will tomorrow. But in that March agreement, the players said, all right, we have a deal here. In 2020, if there is no season, every player will get service time in 2020 equivalent to what they earned in 2019. So if you were on a major league team for a full season in 2019 and 2020 doesn't happen, you get a full year of service time which means Mookie Betts, as an example, if the season is not played, he is going to be a free agent at the end of 2020. He was traded to the Dodgers this offseason, hasn't played a game. But if 2020 is canceled, Mookie Betts will be a free agent at the end of 2020, having accrued a full year of service time. If a player is about to hit arbitration, but there's no season, they will get service time as though there had been a season, and that player will then be in arbitration. And the team will lose the right to have that player at the minimum and will have to pay that player millions of dollars more without having gotten another year at the minimum, which is so important to owners in order to win without a huge payroll. So how did the owners agree and why did they agree to give that point? Well, also contained in the March agreement was a little provision that said the owners have the right to shorten the amateur draft from 40 rounds to its choice, no fewer than five rounds. There was no reason for that dramatic pause between five and rounds. I just didn't know what I was going to say, so I paused instead of saying something wrong. So let me make sure you're understanding what I'm saying. The current members of the union, all of whom are on major league rosters, chose their own service time and gave up a thousand players who would have been drafted tomorrow who are now not going to be drafted and not be professional baseball players. And then Sean Doolittle says, we have to make sure that future players won't be paying for any concessions we make. Sean, you made a concession that absolutely impacted future players. There are players who are now going to go back to college from high school who are juniors in college who aren't going to be drafted and don't want to take the $20,000 bonus, which is the maximum bonus that you agreed to in March that owners could give to players who are undrafted. $20,000 is their maximum signing bonus. There are players who aren't going to be drafted who are now not going to sign for the 20,000 and they're going to go to college, which by the way, I think is a very nice thing. Because half those players aren't going to make it anyway, more than half. Might as well try to get a little bit of a college degree. 
or juniors in college to go back for their senior year. Fine. And it should also be noted, if you're talking about money, Sean, last year, there was a draft, a regular draft pre-pandemic. Did you know, because COCA does, that all but six of last year's sixth round picks signed for 200 grand or more. That means 24 of the 36th round picks signed for 200 grand or more and then became professional baseball players in the system. Now, those kids who were drafted in the sixth round, guess how much they get? Either 20 grand or nada. You want to talk about maladministering? The media is going crazy right now, writing articles left and right. I'm reading them. It's stopping me from sleeping. That's not true. Nighttime stops me from sleeping. Fear of the dark may stop me from sleeping. Bad dreams may stop me from sleeping. My brain not slowing down could stop me from sleeping. But there's plenty of articles to read because every day there's a new article. Baseball has lost its way. It's lost its opportunity. Baseball could have been back to the field on July 4th alone without the NBA, without the NHL. They would have had the month of July to rebuild the fan base, re-engage the fan base. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. What? We knew it was never going to be July 4th. Why is the media writing about this, which is making people feel better and better about the fact that they're not liking baseball or they're not taking sides because it's millionaires fighting against billionaires? How about articles being written that say this is absolutely normal and to be expected? There will be baseball this year. This is part of labor negotiations the same way as I've said on Nothing Personal. When you get on a plane, there's been negotiations between pilots and management, flight attendants and management, et cetera, et cetera. Baseball is not the only union and baseball is not the only sport that's going to have this labor issue. It's just first. There's going to be continued leaking, continued talking, continued negotiating. It's all going to work out in the end. I think I tweeted this phrase. It's my favorite line if you've never seen it. If you're following me on Twitter, David P. Sampson, thank you. You may have seen it. If not, thank you for downloading and sharing this show, telling your friends about nothing personal. It is growing, and I'm humbled by it and appreciative of it. Hope you enjoyed, by the way, the mailbag episode. There's another one coming at the end of June. Get those reviews in. Five stars. Rate it on Apple Podcasts. Ask a question for an end-of-month mailbag. Thank you. But the expression is, it'll all work out in the end. And if it's not working out, it's just not the end. I've talked about that with players. I've talked about it with other executives during my time in baseball because there's always such rancor. There's always such surus and problems. But I promise there will be baseball and it will all be okay. Theo Epstein did something that I've not seen Theo do. Theo is a uh, graduate of Yale. He actually was the commencement speaker uh, when I was at a graduation. And he has had a Hall of Fame career. He's won World Series in Boston and in Chicago. He broke the curse in Boston, broke the curse in Chicago. He is extremely accomplished. And 
he has a responsibility. And his responsibility, like all GMs and all presidents and all managers and all players and all owners, when you work in a public business, your responsibility is to recognize that the words you say have meaning and that they're permanent. Given social media, given the state of social media, the reality is that every word you say is being watched, cataloged, and can come back to haunt you, or it can be used to actually effectuate change. Theo gave a wide-ranging interview yesterday. It was his first comments that I had seen since the murder of George Floyd. And he was doing what I would describe as a mea culpa about himself, about the way he's acted, the way he's been a GM and now president of baseball operations. And he said an interesting quote, and I want to talk about it. He said, I've hired a black scouting director, a farm director in the past. But the majority of people that I've hired, he meant who? If I'm being honest, which you should always be honest, you don't need to say that, have similar backgrounds as me, as I, and look a lot like me, like I. This is Epstein during a conference call. So I'm going to say SIC, which is when you sort of change the words, but it's still a quote. I've hired a black scouting director, a farm director in the past, but the majority of people who I've hired have similar backgrounds as I and look a lot like I. Epstein said during a conference call Monday, that's something I need to ask myself why. I need to question my own assumptions, my own attitudes. I need to find a way to be better. Wow. So Theo is saying that he believes that the hirings that he has done have been a reflection of his background and he hires people who look like him, maybe talk like him, grew up like him. But I'm not buying it. I appreciate that he's doing this mea culpa and I think the words are critical here. I think that there are plenty of people who do that, who have this implicit bias feel certain ways without even knowing it. But the thing with Theo and world champions in general, you really can't be the best if you're not willing to hire the best. And the best in baseball, there is no color. And nothing personal has taken a pretty strong stance on this when we've talked about the Rooney rules, the diversity rules, the Selig rule. I don't understand the need for rules because I don't understand people who are racist. I literally don't understand how people can be racist when it comes to anything, but certainly when it comes to their work. Our job always is to hire the best people available because baseball is measured very simply. It's much more simple than other sports. On the business side, I had to worry about P&L, profits and losses. I had to worry about money. Cash, EBITDA, debt, financing, tons of things, sponsorship sales. On the baseball side, Theo has one thing to worry about, as do all presidents of baseball operations, no matter what they tell you. They are worried about wins and losses. That's it. They are judged on wins and losses. That's it. Theo just fired Joe Madden. Well, didn't re, didn't extend him or re-sign him. He let Joe Madden go to the Los Angeles Angels, what seems like years ago, but was only this past offseason. 
And the reason Theo did that is he felt that Joe Madden was no longer the right person to lead the Cubs. They won in 2016. Joe Madden was perfect. After that, he was no longer perfect. His voice got stale and old in the clubhouse. That is a very good reason to let go of a manager. He then went through a sham hiring process, which he will acknowledge was a sham because he knew very well that he was hiring David Ross from the beginning. He felt David Ross was going to be the voice that he wanted in the clubhouse, the opposite of Joe Madden, strong voice, disciplinarian, a, um, what's the word, Coca, when you are, uh, this is how it is, at 9, 10, you do this, structured. Thank you. Much more structured than Joe, disciplined. He didn't hire David Ross because he looked more like Theo, same background. He hired David Ross because he knew during the season he was hiring David Ross. The question is, did Theo believe, and my answer, I don't, and I know Theo, so I don't believe this is true, but this is the question we need to ask. Did he overlook at any point in his career someone who was black because they were black? Man or woman? Did he overlook a woman? Did he overlook a man? It didn't matter. Do you overlook anyone because of sex or color or background? If your answer is yes, you're going to end up being fired. You should be fired because you're doing that, but you're going to be fired because you're not putting wins and losses above everything else. And that is the one mantra. Just keep repeating it over and over again. Winning, winning, winning. We must win. God, I sound like Charlie Sheen, but that's it. We must win. Maybe Theo is trying to foment conversation here. Maybe that's why he said what he said. Maybe that's the reason for his quote, that he wants people to look in the mirror and be better. But I don't think he means be better at winning and losing because everyone tries as hard as he or she can. Maybe what he's saying is be better at breaking the tie. Maybe what he's saying is just be better at not looking at color in every part of the country, in every single industry. Maybe he's using his platform the way we're using it here at Nothing Personal in order to bring awareness to the possibility of this implicit bias. If this can cause conversation in your house or at your place of work, what Theo said, then he succeeded. I think Theo's point, and I haven't spoken to him about it, I think his point, as I interpret for you on Nothing Personal what he said, what he meant to say, what he is saying, I think his point is, that each of us has an opportunity to get better in every regard. And part of getting better is making sure that at all times you surround yourself with the best and smartest people who can help you do your job better, help you accomplish what you need to accomplish personally and professionally. And to the extent that there's anyone in this world who doesn't view that as the number one goal, that's a problem. So you want to talk to, this is a great one. So you want to talk to Samson is when you follow me on Twitter, David P. Samson, get into my DMs, ask a question. It's good. If it's about a trending topic, I'm more apt to choose it. Taking a drink of water now, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have our own YouTube channel. Please find it and subscribe. I think we're like 20, Coca, how many days away? We're like 20 days away from having our own Earl, which will be nothing personal. And for now, you U-R-L, I don't know what that means, Coca. He's whispering U-R-L in my ear, but it's not, oh. <laughs> Hold on, stop the show. 
It's not Earl. It's U-R-L. Okay. He just said a bad word to me in my ear. Coca, that's not nice. I thought we're trying to be nicer to each other. Anyway, we're going to have our own U-R-L in 20 days or so. But if you go on YouTube now, you can subscribe. Thank you for watching. But I'm taking a drink of water because I'm thirsty. Thank you. Drink, by the way, drinking water with a beard has become impossible. It drips down my mustache onto the beard. Coca can relate to this. And then my chin is wet and I don't have my not for show, but definitely not for blow handkerchief with me. So you have to forgive me. I'm now completely wet from drinking that water. In any case, so you want to talk to Samson. If it's trending, if it's cool, if it's a good question, I'll try to get to it on the show. Try to answer some stuff directly on Twitter, David P. Samson. This was a good one. What was your view of Angel Hernandez, the umpire, during your career? Wonder why you're asking that. Are you possibly asking that question? Because just yesterday, word broke about Angel Hernandez and what he did when he eavesdropped on a conversation between Joe Torre and another umpire named Ed Hecox. Are you asking that question? Because I've said on the show that Angel Hernandez is simply one of the top five worst umpires I've ever come across in 18 years. Hard stop. Angel Hernandez lives in South Florida. And Angel, this is not personal. When I speak to you, you are a fine, nice man. It's very nice to know you. I know you try hard. You're not a good umpire. It's like saying, I'm a nice guy. I'm not a good golfer. It's okay. I can't make a living playing golf. It is shocking. And without the umpires union, you know you would not be able to make a living being an umpire. As a matter of fact, when we would, there would be polls and there would be conversations between presidents, GMs, players. It's unanimous. It's not like there were people and this isn't about race. That's the irony going back to Theo and part of our entire thesis on nothing personal. This has nothing to do with race. Yet Angel Hernandez in 2017 sued Major League Baseball for racial discrimination, saying that race was the reason he was not being assigned World Series games. It's laughable. We would laugh about it in the commissioner's office. Literally laugh about it. We would laugh about it in the clubhouse. We would talk. I talked to players about this lawsuit. It's funny. You think it's discrimination? Do you know that people, umpires who get playoff assignments and World Series assignments, do you know it's based on a grading system and merits? And do you know that there are executives and managers and players, all of whom look at the job that you do as umpires? Do you know that deep in a place that no one wants to talk about, that your fellow umpires rate you as the worst umpire? Would? By the way, I can't believe it's URL. I've never heard that word before. What does that stand for, Coca? URL is Earl. I don't know what it stands for, and I bet you Coca doesn't either because we've hit that part of the show where he stops talking to me. There's some times in our relationship when he gets so angry that he just disappears. He's, he's saying to me, it's called Uniform Resource Locator. Who would know that? I think you're the fool for knowing that it stands for Uniform Resource Locator. Well, nothing personal is getting a Uniform Resource Locator. <laughs> it's funny. So Angel Hernandez filed this discrimination suit in 2017. Then in 2019, 
don't know if you remember this game, but I remember this. I was not in baseball anymore. It was just last season. Seems like 10 years ago. There was a game between the Rays and the Red Sox. We covered this on CBS Sports HQ at the time. There was like this 15-minute delay that happened, and the umpires were absolutely flummoxed. They didn't know what to do. There was a rule change. Can't remember what a, a rule interpretation. I don't remember which one. And they just didn't know how to apply a rule or which rule. And it just was horrible. Delay of game. The Red Sox end up saying they're going to protest during the game. They drop the protest, yada, yada. Joe Torrey, who was the chief baseball officer at the time, he did an investigation. And part of the investigation is you speak to the umpires, but you speak to them separately because that's what you do when you're interviewing witnesses in any sort of case, civil or criminal, or any sort of investigation that you're doing in your office, in your company. You speak to people separately. So Joe Torrey spoke to Angel Hernandez. They had a full conversation about what Angel did or didn't know during that fateful day in 2019. And then for whatever reason, for whatever reason, instead of hanging up and redialing. So this is a funny little nugget. When you're on a conference call and on your cell phone, it shows X plus Y. So it's a three-way call. And then one person leaves and it goes down to just one name and you think, all right, we're good now. Well, in my view, drop the call, call back. Because then you know for sure that there's no chicanery going on. So for whatever reason, and maybe one day we'll have an opportunity to ask her, Tori, this I've never asked him. That would be cool. Is that he had a conversation with Ed Hickox and it turns out that Angel Hernandez never hung up and was eavesdropping the whole time. He stayed on the line to hear what Ed was saying about that day so they could match their stories or they could know what each other was saying, I guess. Joe Torrey sent him a letter finding out like a month later that this happened. He then actually stripped him of his crew chief duties. Angel was a crew chief. God knows how. Maybe it was temporary crew chief duties. In any case, it became a big deal. And the reason why it's a big deal is that when you've got an employee, who is protected by a union. It's sort of like someone who's protected by tenure at a university. What tenure does and what a union does, it makes it almost impossible to terminate that employee. Baseball has been looking for ways to terminate Angel Hernandez for years. Any little opening that you give your employer, they're going to open it wider. They're going to stick their finger in and open it because they need to find a way around the law without breaking it. Do you think there's companies out there right now that aren't using COVID-19 as a way to sort of thin the herd in the workplace, as a way to see whether or not there is multiple people doing what one person could do and saying, hey, it's, it's a pandemic. When you're protected by a union or you're tenured, you don't get to just say that. You have to negotiate, and it's got to be for cause, and even then, it's difficult. I won't even do a wait to see that Angel Hernandez will be let go because I don't, I don't know what will happen that's new under the sun because the reality is they've tried to let him go so many times before this. So my view of Angel Hernandez, since you asked, fine guy. Horrific umpire. Whenever we'd see him doing Marlins games, especially behind the plate, 
we would meet and the players would know and we would recognize that it was critical that we did not focus on a certain part of the strike zone because Angel is so inconsistent. So inconsistent. Anyway, I'm moving on. My view is not great. See you later, Angel. When we come back, we're going to talk about a movie that has Kristen Stewart in it, but not Robert Pattison. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. Were you excited to hear what movie could have Kristen Stewart, but not Robert Pattinson? Did you think that I was going to review Adventureland, which I'd love to review with Jesse Eisenberg and Ryan Reynolds? I love that movie. But no, I'm reviewing a new movie that came out. And again, I'm trying to find light fare. It didn't work. I thought that any movie with Vince Vaughn, you know, there's been a few exceptions. He did that movie. I don't know if you reviewed it, Coca, where he was a prisoner in a cell, like cell block 99 or something. Don't remember whether we reviewed that on nothing personal. But in any case, Vince Vaughn and Kristen Stewart are in a movie called Seaberg, available on Amazon. It's a movie from 2020 this year. I had no idea what it was about. I thought it would be light. Didn't watch a trailer, not interested, didn't read a review, don't until I watch it. Kristen Stewart, lover. Movie starts, and I realize it is a true story about an actress named Jean Seaberg from Iowa who ends up moving to Paris, marrying a Parisian. Elle parle français très bien famous movie star, not Marilyn Monroe famous, but famous. And it turns out that she was a huge supporter of the Black Panthers. And this was during the 60s and 70s. I didn't realize that I was watching a movie about this. She ends up meeting Anthony Mackie. You know Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, by the way, came to a Marlins game. What, one of the great benefits of being the president of a team is that anytime any celebrity wants to go to a game, you can choose to meet that celebrity or not, invite that celebrity to your suite, or just let that celebrity throw out the first pitch and then never see that celebrity at all. Anthony Mackie happened to be a really nice, interesting guy. We spent a few innings together. He's in this movie as well, and he plays a, a activist, a black activist, who ends up having an affair with Gene Seberg, played by Kristen Stewart. And she becomes very active and draws the attention of the FBI under the watchful eye of Hoover. Vince Vaughn plays a racist FBI agent. And the movie then goes into how the FBI basically ruined Gene Seberg's life. I just want to say, I, I wasn't ready. I was looking for maybe like a wedding crashers. Vince Vaughn is disgusting in this movie. He's a good actor. But the character he plays is just a character that uh, anyone in the FBI would not be proud to see. The way the FBI, it's like McCarthyism, the way they had lists, the way they would take a person and they would basically ruin their lives. Gene Seberg's became paranoid, thinking people were listening to her conversations, that leaks were being 
given to the media about her life. Pictures were being taken. She didn't realize it was the FBA, but she had her suspicions, the FBI. She ends up trying to overdose, kill herself on sleeping pills while she's pregnant. And Kristen Stewart, it was a little bit monotone, this performance. But the story itself is important enough that you should watch. She tried to kill herself. It didn't work. Her baby was born and then died two days later because of complications, because she tried to kill herself, the mom while pregnant. And then a few years later, at age 40, Jean Seberg took her life. Paranoid to the end, her life completely in shambles. She couldn't act anymore. She couldn't function anymore. Check it out. It's called Seberg. Vince Vaughn flexing his chops. Kristen Stewart being Kristen Stewart. And Anthony Mackey, he's not just, does he play the, um, is he the one in the, uh, the, um, the Marvel movies? I think he plays opposite Paul Rudd. Um, in, is, is Anthony Mackey the Wasp Man? Do I have that right, Coca? Is that the movie Ant and the Wasp Man? I think I must be wrong, but I have some sort of recollection that that's what it is. It's not that. So Anthony Mackey is not in any of the Marvel movies or, or Universal, whatever. He's not a superhero. Coca, just tell me. He is. He is in Marvel. Who does he play? Tell the audience. He doesn't know. When Coca gets quiet, he plays Falcon. So it's the Ant-Man and the Falcon movie, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Check out the movie. Captain America. All right, Coca. It's Captain America. Shaquille O'Neal. Why is Shaquille O'Neal in the news? He's in the news because he had a meeting with the Saints And this meeting made me insane. And now I'm going to tell you about it. And I think it's going to do the same to you. Shaquille O'Neal met the entire Saints team in a team meeting, joined it, and said to them, gentlemen, I know what you're going through with what Drew Brees said, with what's going on in the world right now. But listen to me, please, because I'm Shaq. Stay united and strong. Don't be divided by Drew Brees' comments. Believe me, I know what this is like when the media tries to divide you. I was teammates with Kobe Bryant, and we could have won five championships, but the media divided us, and that was the end. Our partnership was broken. Don't let it happen to you. Shaq, are you listening? Are you watching nothing personal? Are you saying that the media broke up you and Kobe? Okay, let's start, let's start with that. When you're on a team with someone, you're with them without the media all the time. You're traveling, you're practicing, you're on planes, you are away from the media all the time. If the media is reporting that Kobe said X or Y, or the media is reporting that you, Shaq, said X or Y, and you have a problem because you didn't think that that was nice or right, or you didn't say X or Y, or you're upset that Kobe said X or Y, you can go right up to Kobe and say, hey, is that true? Let's talk about this. We can get through this. Are you sure that you and Kobe didn't get along because of ego? And are you comparing in any way the media's involvement in your breakup with Kobe versus what the media did in the Drew Brees situation? Are you aware, 
Shaquille O'Neal, that the media is the reason why the Saints can be unified. Social media played such a strong role. Let's review what happened. Drew Brees gives an interview. It's caught and it's released on social media. Drew Brees says that he will never not kneel for the anthem because he always will respect the military. Drew Brees takes to social media, apologizes. Drew Brees takes to social media, apologizes again. Drew Brees' wife takes to social media, apologizes again. Michael Thomas and other members of the Saints take to social media. They make a video. They release it. The video talks about the NFL, calls out the NFL in general. There is now an understanding of what kneeling was symbolizing. Drew Brees takes Donald Trump to task in social media. The media got this conversation to the boiling point where it had to happen. And it did happen. And the Saints, under the leadership of Sean Payton, ostensibly have now said they are together. Will it be the case when they're on the field? In basketball, you don't like your teammate. And this happens. You don't pass the ball to your teammate. Do you think Drew Brees is not going to pass the ball? Is Michael Thomas a wide receiver, Coco, by the way? Is Drew Brees not going to pass the ball? To Michael Thomas, it's not going to happen. The egos, this is not about ego, Shaq. You and Kobe, that was all ego. There's not one iota of ego involved in what's going on in the Saints clubhouse and in the Saints locker room. And for you to say, come on, guys, you can do it. Don't be like the Lakers. I don't think that furthers this debate or furthers this conversation or furthers any part of the healing. But I'm thankful that the conversation's happening. I'm thankful that the Saints can get into a room, even if it's a Zoom room, and talk. That's all I ever wanted in the clubhouse is players to communicate. Because things fester in a clubhouse. And like in any relationship, when things fester and you don't deal with it, it grows and it grows and it grows. And all of a sudden, it's unmanageable. That's what happened when Shaq and Kobe became unmanageable. This was a circumstance in New Orleans where if Sean Payton didn't take charge, this would have festered until the start of the season. They would have gotten to training camp. It would have been so awkward and uncomfortable. They would have had to deal with it then, except that festering growth would have basically overtaken their body. But the Saints did it right. We are on day 86 of the ML Beer Challenge. Day 86. You know what we're doing by now. Do I have to say it? Well, there are people, I keep getting DMs and people talking to me that they're starting nothing personal, that they listened to their first show yesterday. Thank you. If this is your first show, welcome. The ML Beer Challenge is that me and Coca said, Coca's the producer. Coca's the one. He is the brains behind the show. He and I meet before every show. We talk about what we're going to say. He says, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You better do that. God, you're old. God, you're old. God, you stink. Jeez, you're going to talk about that? No, you got to do that. That's what a producer does. And then during the show, no, you did that wrong. You did that wrong. You did that wrong. Yes, no. Yes, no, no, no. Definitely not. No. And then go silent. So Coke and I both agreed that we're not going to shave our beard, our face, until Major League Baseball has opening day. That's the ML Beard Challenge. We've been doing it for 86 days. We both have beards. We post on Instagram from time to time. 
the progress. If you go on the YouTube channel with the URL, you'll see my beard. It's growing in. It's uncomfortable. But we're going to keep going. And for the first 100 days, we have donated $1,000 per day to organizations, the first 77 of which were to organizations helping people with COVID. The last 23 we changed. We made an adjustment since day 77. We are doing organizations to bring awareness and change to racial inequality. The organization today is called knowyourrightscamp.com. Yes, that's all one word. By the way, please, if you have a dollar, if you have $18, $19, COVID-19, $190, $180, any amount, a dollar a day, a penny a day, it doesn't matter to me. People are in need. And change must happen. This is our moment as a country, as a world. KnowYourRightsCamp.com is one word. The mission is to advance the liberation and well-being of black and brown communities through education, self-empowerment, mass mobilization, and the creation of new systems that elevate the next generation of change leaders. Guess who founded KnowYourRightsCamp.com? Go on the website and find out. KnowYourRightsCamp.com. Thank you. Well, another day, another rumor about a Mets owner. We know that Fred and Jeff Wilpon, they've been on the, Fred's owned the team forever. His son, Jeff, is a co-owner and also the chief operating officer of the team. They had a partner. I was going to call him Abner Doubleday. That's funny. His partner's name was Nelson Doubleday. And when I was in the game, he bought out Nelson Doubleday. Nice job, Fred. They have another partner named Saul Katz, who's listed as the president of the team, but Jeff Wilpon, for all intents and purposes, is the president. And there are rumors that the Mets are trying to sell their team, not a rumor. They had a deal with Steve Cohn at two and a half bills. Didn't go through. They had an argument. Then the pandemic hit. Then franchise valuations fell. Then A-Rod and J-Lo said, we're in, we're in, we're in, we want it. Well, a new rumor came out yesterday, and it is perfect. Anybody out there a Sixers fan? Well, you had an ownership change in 2011 when you were despondent that you were corporate-owned by Comcast. Well, there was an ownership change in 2011, and Josh Harris and David Blitzer bought your team. What about the New Jersey Devils? Yep, they bought that team too. Now, they're getting together after buying 18% of an EPL team called Crystal Palace, they're saying, let's add to the portfolio because they are portfolio managers. Don't kid yourself. That's what they do for a living. Let's buy the Mets. Well, David Blitzer is someone I have experience with. I tried to get David Blitzer to buy the Marlins. He was one of the calls as we tried to get him into a group, get him to form his own group told him that we were going to be over a billion dollars. I'd known David Blitzer for a while, and he knew very well the team wasn't worth over a billion dollars. That didn't stop me from trying to get over a billion dollars, and he knew that. He respected that process. But he was not interested in the Marlins when I told him that we were not doing this as a value proposition. Whoever buys this team will not be getting a deal. Trust me, there's too much competition. And David did not want to be a part as a general partner and as a big investor, because he is a value shopper as well. He should be. That's how rich people get rich and rich people get richer. I don't blame him. I'm not upset with him. I admire him. 
extremely smart man. There is no smart man who will buy the Mets for $2.6 billion. It does not exist, period. The reality is, the reality is that the Mets, if they are sold, will be sold to someone who wants an ego buy, period, and is willing to pay a premium. I don't think Fred Wilpon will do a discounted sale, and David Blitzer and Josh Harris will not, under any scenario, buy the team at a premium. And the whole point of the Mets sale is whether or not the network, is whether or not the network is going to be involved, SNY, because Blitzer and Harris want to see if they can combine the Sixers, the Devils, and the Mets, do a super network. Wonder Twin Powers activate form of a basketball team, shape of a baseball and hockey team. Boom, there's a pail, there's water. And a big network. Yeah, that's a play that's uh, doable, Mm, but the Mets own SNY. Will Ponds own SNY and they want to keep it because that's what makes them their money that they lose on the operation of the Mets. Blitzer will take one look at the books and see that the Mets are just a horrid operation from a profitability standpoint as a baseball team. No way. My wait to see is simple. And wait to sees are when there is accountability. Those of you new to the show or old, love the wait to sees. I actually had a wait to see where I said there's no chance that there will ever be a fight island in the UFC. Turns out Dana White today has said fight island is a go. I'm not willing to say the wait to see is off. I'm not willing to say I lost that wait to see. That wait to see is over, Coca, when we see tape from an island, private island, and I don't mean Manhattan or Thailand or Abu Dhabi. That is a winner. Remember the rumor Fight Island was a go in Abu Dhabi because in theory that's an island? Forget about it. He said a private island that he was going to buy like Branson's Island or like Jeffrey Epstein's Island. Eh, I'm going to win that way to see. My way to see today is that Josh Harris and David Blitzer will not buy the Mets because at the end of the day, it is very simple for those men. It is always, always just business. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.